0: You're listening to Flying Casual, a
1: Star Wars podcast.
2: Here's your host, Michael Canterbury.
1: Nerds, welcome to Flying Casual and all Star Wars podcasts. I am your host, uh, Michael Canterbury. I have Holly and Luke with me here to talk about that very thing, Star Wars, uh, a, a hot, uh, a hot topic uh, in the nerdum fandom, nerd culture, whatever you want to call it. We got uh, some some new Star Wars content, uh, you know, satisfying all of us right now with the Bad Batch, but. We also have comic books, friends. Do not forget your comic books. We almost forgot comic books there for a while. We almost forgot about the new Star Wars uh, Darth Vader main line or Darth Vader main line. Who am I kidding? The Darth <laughs> Vader twenty twenty line uh, because it went away for like two months. So we were on a little bit of a Darth Vader hiatus, but we finally got issue 11, the long-awaited issue. We were teased with a really sweet cover art on the prior issue. So will it uh, meet our expectations? We'll find out. But we are going to talk about that number 11 issue of Darth Vader 2020. We're also then going to talk about uh, episode 2 of The Bad Batch, cut and run, none of us knew that they quite literally meant the character cut in the title, right?
0: I know. That was clever. That was very clever. It took me watching it twice to realize that.
1: Yeah. No, I, I yeah, same here. Didn't even cross my mind. Didn't even cross my mind. Just thought desertion. That makes sense. But we're actually talking about cut. Fantastic. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. But look, look, guys, let's talk about this comic book. Okay. Issue 10. The end of issue 10 teases... A freaking epic showdown between Darth Vader and, I don't know, Luke, Holly, what, 15, you know, Darth side, dark side followers. I mean, there's like 20 Sith behind Wait,
0: him. Yeah, and they all have lightsabers. All have
1: laser swords.
0: Wait a second.
1: So on Where'd you get those? Where'd you get those <laughs> things? You're going to poke your eye out with that. I, I just, I was really expecting an epic issue and I, can i start out you know up front saying not my favorite issue so you're saying disappointed
0: didn't meet your expectations did not
1: meet expectations i felt like that was a that was a tease and i felt like we we're kind of lied to here but uh luke i i don't know maybe i'm alone in this but i mean i had high expectations and i feel like this just didn't meet them how about you man
2: yeah i think that was kind of the the one of the first things I said to you, uh, when we discussed the comic book finally coming out, which is part of the story as well, yeah. they're <laughs> surprising to actually have it in my hands now because there was a time about a month ago, I think <laughs> I called Michael. I said, Michael, I'm in the car. I want to stop by the comic book shop. I think that next door is yep. out, man. Yep. <laughs> Michael's like, God, I, I don't I know, know, dude. I, like you're getting out of the car and I have to break it online. To <laughs> that it's coming out yet. And uh, yeah, sure enough, you're right. Yeah. They took like a couple months to put this next one out. It's finally here. Yeah. Caused a bit of a stir, but yeah, I think uh, a little underwhelmed by what we, we felt it was building towards in the, in the previous issues overall.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the internet completely spoiled a part of it because you had all of star Wars Twitter, just just spoiling the hell out of one of these panels uh, and we'll just cut to it. It was looks like it's Luke's hand in a in a container, uh, and and the internet ran with that and made a bunch of memes which were funny. But I'm like, stop spoiling shit for comic book readers. Like, just stop it. Ninety five percent of those folks aren't even reading the actual story. But uh, so that was a little bit of a letdown. But Holly, how about you? Uh, uh difficult to follow this one no?
0: Uh for various reasons yeah. I'm just not sure here was my understanding of yeah. what happened was Darth Vader rode down to Exegol yeah. on a giant octopus awesome. that was yeah. then blown up <laughs> by Palpatine yep. and then he followed Palpatine for some unknown reason into to confront him Exegol Yeah but it was all very calm I mean, we were walking here. No
1: lightning. Like, did you see any lightning? I did. No didn't. storms.
0: I kind of heard that creepy music while uh, I was reading yeah. the comic, though. Yeah. But then we get in there and we see creepy clones, a hand. A hand. Um,
1: could be we were talking about before. Could be Luke's. Could be Anakin's. Luke mentioned maybe Palpatine sawed off the forearm of Anakin and just holds his hand in some. Yeah, he went to Geonosis,
2: picked up the arm, the dude Do- or maybe Dooku grabbed it, presented it to yeah. Palpatine as a present. Yep. He fed the forearm to masa Meeta. Seriously, kept the hand.
1: Moss looks like they would eat an arm, right? I, I, I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. Looks like. I don't that.
0: know. Listen, two episodes ago. Yeah. Like comic issues ago. Yeah, you're feeling it. We saw Palpatine leave Darth Vader with yeah. none of his robot hands. Yes. And then he brings him into Exegol and makes a point of showing him what could have been his actual physical hand. Yeah. It's like a double slap in the face what with a it, real hand.
1: I would have actually have rather in that little jar saw Vader's robotic hand. Oh, it's okay. just like a slam.
0: <laughs> look what I have! Look what I
1: took for like. Look Sucker. what I took. Yeah, I thought that would have been actually. Oh,
0: you funny. put a mouse droid on your arm and <laughs> use it as a hand. Look what I actually have.
1: How how intimidating would he be if he <laughs> had a literal mouse droid on his hand? It's just <laughs> <laughs> it's like what is that supposed to do? Squeak me to death? Yes. <sighs> great, great pull, Holly. I mean, not quite a mouse droid, but that would that someone needs to make some fan art of that. You yeah, know, a softer side to Vader.
0: Uh, there are kids books that are like good guy Vader, right? Great point. I don't know uh, also, about like good guy Vader.
1: How would those rebel, you know, troops at the end of Rogue One have responded to, you know, being in that hallway with him and they just like, Wait, is that
0: a mouse right on your arm? Yeah. But Get in here. actuality, they're just yeah. pitching him softballs and when he's swinging yeah. his lightsaber, he's just God, that'd be great. It's like I love a nice softball. It's like batting practice with dad. Absolutely. But on a ship in space.
1: See, now that now you are writing the children's book with Vader. So are just making
0: it a little more gentle.
1: He takes Luke out, you know, Luke's tossing him softballs. He's sitting with this laser sword. He accidentally cuts Luke's hand off. You know.
0: Accidents happen. Fun,
1: it was a retelling of the story there, Look, right? What yeah.
0: we know from what C said in the Bad Batch is yep. kids always find trouble. So losing limbs is bound to happen.
1: That's uh, very true. Uh, so Holly, that was a great summary. I don't think he got through it all because we got distracted. I but, didn't. But let's let's start from that beginning because Vader's gone through a lot, right? He fought Ochi. He's fought a droid army. He fought uh, the the Eye of Webbish Bog and everything he was thrown at him. He fought through this uh, epic giant squid thing. This this crimson kind of threat. Uh, in the region, whatever it was, a black hole squid. I, I don't. I don't remember what its name was. Oh, it
0: was like the red.
1: Something. The red the storm. Red. Something. Oh crap! This reminds me of that Chevelle song.
0: That's so the lay red. Down.
1: The red will eat you alive. No, Luke, uh, get the banjo out. So lay down. We'll do a bluegrass version of uh, Chevelle. That'll yeah, be a I Patreon he, exclusive.
0: Uh, I'm Probably sure that people that. would love that. I was trying to find it. I found it before. That's okay. So, well it now. giant
1: flying squid. Flying uh, squid. We know he he you know he 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 needed to get through that to get to Execle. Well if one if, if Vader has one thing going for him, it's epic entrances. I think of his entrance in Rebels. You know, it was amazing in season two.
0: He does always ride in on something. At
1: the, yeah, at the end, he's riding the TIE Fire. You're like, who's piloting that thing? Uh, the Force. Forces. So, wouldn't you know, here comes Vader. On on this giant squid thing, and I, I will I'll be honest, I've never seen this in comic books, but the scale of the squid is so huge. You see Vader on its head. It's just like a speck. I mean, it could be a mole on this squid. But it's so giant, and Vader's so small, they actually had to circle Vader, and then his, like, talking bubble comes out of the circle. And I'm like, what the hell is (laughs) happening? He is riding this thing down to Exegol to confront the Emperor. That's what's happening. And the Emperor's got plans of his own, and out of left field... Holly, you said he sends. Uh, what's the guy from uh, uh, the, the 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 Nickelodeon show?
0: Oh, it's Larry the Lobster.
1: Larry the Lobster. A couple juiced up Larry the Lobsters come out of the ground <laughs> and attack this squid thing. This is the Emperor, you know, uh, using them to attack Vader's squid.
0: Also, I, stop manipulating animals. Leave them alone. Yeah, let's stop they did nothing using to them. You.
1: Exactly. They're just trying to defend themselves, but.
0: Uh, luke, i luke i was
1: a little thrown off by this it kind of took me out of things i thought i was watching godzilla here you know and and, and seeing these giant monsters fight each other i, I mean this seemed kind of silly right
2: yeah i don't know where these crab lobster guys came from they really came out of nowhere they could be we everywhere. know the the squid was in the like nebula thing mm-hmm. that you have to get through to get to Exegol. yeah um but, yeah, really not expecting the giant lobsters. But they were dispatched pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Anyways, you know, they met their demise through the squid power. You know, yep. we always know squid beats lobster in in squid, That's right. lobster, jellyfish That's right. uh, battles. You know, it's jellyfish, shocks, squid, squid, strangles, lobster, Yep. yada, yada, you know.
1: Who's the Who's the jellyfish in Star Wars, though? Jar you know? <laughs> Jar Banks. He destroys everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mesa, happy to see you, squid!
0: <laughs>
2: Maybe he does Yeah, I, did, I didn't Skywalker. fully think through that game, but uh, I'll, I'll work out all the details I and get it. back to you on that. we got to figure out who... But, I mean, I guess
1: Palpatine's technically the... the I don't right, like, I with don't the like pa- that. With the force lightning, kind of. That's kind of like what a... Yeah, you know? but
0: then you, it could be anybody. Well, It doesn't matter if it's a squid or if it's... A well, rancor. I, I just... It. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to work this out, guys. In the next episode, we will have our game of, you know, rock, paper, scissors, Star Wars edition with creatures. We'll have it all
2: ironed out. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty certain. But you're right, Luke. Like, the, the thing literally attacks the, the crabs and just literally squeezes them and snaps them in half, which is cool. Um And so Vader thinks he's like, I gotcha. But then uh, Palpatine just kind of blows him off and says, what? And he wraps the squid around itself and cuts itself in half. And we have a, a Holdo maneuver-looking moment where the squid snaps in half. So this thing is harnessing energy. Um, it looks nuclear. But it the, 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 the scene of it destroying itself, it looks like the Holdo maneuver. And isn't Vader, yeah.
0: like, yelling at the squid? Like, Fight this!
1: He's yelling at he's yelling at Palpatine.
0: I don't. I didn't read the. Oh, same yeah, comic. maybe
1: not. No, you're right. You're right. No, I he's thought he yelling was at yelling
0: him. at the squid, being yeah. like, "Don't be suck a it up,
1: baby." Yeah, but I mean, when you're wrapped around your own power and you, yeah,
0: bro, it's, it's the Force. I don't see you combating it.
1: So that whole scene was weird. So Vader finally lands on Exegol, and he and he sees Palpatine. Palpatine's walking into their little temple or whatever that is there, and it's just this is where we start seeing the the familiar exegol we see the statues we see the Snoke creations and then we have the jar that we mentioned earlier with what we assume is luke's hand um it, just you know some familiar stuff there and then just out of the chambers uh, we we vader gets attacked by some creations uh, i don't even know what these are uh super soldiers i have no idea Uh, Some of Palpatine's creations attack Vader. He seems to destroy them with ease um, for the most part, I should say. And then, you know, we're in a situation where Vader is surrounded by these, um, I don't know, Sith Acolytes, whatever they are. Whoever the folks that were sitting in the stands of the Rise of Skywalker, those folks. Yeah. But you kind of see them up close and personal and they have daggers, which I thought was interesting. I was expecting laser swords. Apparently, they're not like true Sith or something.
0: But then who are the dudes on the cover with the laser swords?
2: Comic covers are misleading. That's the thing I... Yeah. Now, I'm I'm newer to the comic game, and I've discovered over the time that I'm in it now, though, that the cover means next to nothing. (laughs) Lots of teasing. Lots of teasing.
0: It's just to get you to The cover is
2: like an alternate reality. It really is. Compared to the contents of the comic It absolutely is.
1: There's sometimes just... Just speckles of truth and whatever it is you're saying. It's really to entice you to buy the next issue. It's exactly what it is. And maybe we'll see something. Sometimes it does happen several issues later. You get some elements of whatever it is they were teasing. So we may get it. But it seems like, yeah, maybe we were get, we were kind of thrown off here to thinking he's going to fight like 20 Sith here. Well, these guys with these daggers, I mean, Vader just kind of makes short work of them. You're like, oh, I don't mean this could be a fight. He literally just uses the force to uh, d- just take their, their sabers, their little daggers out of their hands and turn them against them. And he has every, they they, they just all get stabbed. But
0: like they don't even, it's not even like each individual one is stabbed. He yeah. like sends the dagger through one That's guy into the other, yeah. across the way, into somebody else. It's like Guardians it's of like, the Galaxy up in it's here. It's like overkill.
2: It can be, yeah. And I would I would pause a yeah. moment on some of the dialogue that's going throughout these scenes right. that you've described, yeah. Michael, um, you know, Palpatine's using these, these different adversaries to yeah. go at Vader none of them are a match for him. He, of course, overcomes them. Yeah. But throughout, he's mocking him again, saying, um, you know, these things could replace you. These yeah. things might be the Sith Lord in a way. Yeah. Uh, just the continuing the mocking that we've seen. Great point uh, from Palpatine towards Vader through a lot of this line. Uh, it's just the, uh, you know, I think we've used this terminology before about the sort of the Stockholm type, syndrome yeah. type relationship that Vader <laughs> has at this point with Palpatine. I
1: feel like this issue was the episode of that Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> like it, especially the way it ends. And you're so right, Luke, like every confrontation he has here, he's just like, babe, you, you, you know, you, Vader's just like, these can't be your Sith followers. There's only two Sith. And Palpatine's like, yeah, it's true. But any of these guys could replace you. You're just a bunch of pieces, like, put together. <laughs> so uh, he could fall at any moment, it seems like he's telling him. One wrong move. But, but Vader finds a way, and he, he destroys all these guys. And, and uh, um, he starts to sense something, though. Um, Vader can sense he's getting close to whatever it is that Palpatine's hiding. And there's just, there is a bunch of dialogue here. Um, but we also have Ochi here. Ochi is walking alongside Vader this entire time. The Ochi that was attempting to kill him earlier in this line and now is like looking out for Vader's best. Hey, well, let's, we can go reason with Palpatine. Let's let's not go into this room. Let's not do that. Let's. I can talk to him. It's cool. Like he's the voice of reason here. And he's like looking out for him. I'm like, what the hell is happening with Ochi? Ochi was made out to be some badass. And now he's just cowering in the face think of danger.
0: Ochi hasn't really been a badass throughout this comic line though to me he's more of like a hondo-esque character now where he like says some funny things he does some mischief and then he backpedals yeah he's very comedic i just i feel like that's kind of what he's doing or he was intentionally set up to do this to vader by palpatine to kind of mess with vader's mind which is something that could be going on because you have palpatine like encouraging Vader to try to find him here on Exegol and then, like, go through these little challenges that he's continued to set up and, like, fight these creations, I guess is what we're calling them. And then the whole time, Ochi's like, man, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure this is the right decision to make? And it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like the angel angel devil on the other.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Um, So he's trying to convince him, like dude, there's something suffering here. Like, we don't want any part of this. Like, let's get out of here. Um, and they continue on through this temple, and they actually come across these Star Destroyers that we see from The Rise of Skywalker that Palpatine has in some, like, underground bunker here, hidden away. Um, and so that's one of the big secrets, you know, apparently. And, and uh, we actually see that the way in which Palpatine is powering these things is through kyber crystals. They continue on through the temple and there's just this red beam of light coming out of this like dome area. Um, and he could just sense its presence. And so they go into this place and they're just covered in this red light. Um, and you see this big pile of kyber crystals. Um, and Vader and Ochi are kind of discussing it, and, and they're talking about the, the pain and the suffering that they're sensing from these crystals, um, which we all know that's how the Sith get these red crystals, as they, 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 they punish and, and, and uh, bleed them into, into kind of obeying them. Um, so it's just this pain, and you see these little... Are they Jawas that are like...
0: That's what they look like.
1: Shaving the crystals to punish them—it was very strange. I felt like I was going to Charlie's Chocolate Factory, and
2: yeah, I think they're Oompa Loompas. Yeah, I was like, "What's happening here?" So there's—it <laughs> was just kind of strange. They forgot to sing their song. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Oompa doompa.
1: Can we make that ban? Uh, get some banjo in that too. Make a folk version. I'm sure we can.
0: I wonder if they would come up with the, like their own song—one for like Darth Vader, another one yeah. for like um, Ochi.
2: That'd be awesome. I mean. I, I do like the line in here about, um, yeah, it's Vader who says Kyber is a living thing. Mm. And you were kind of talking about this, Michael. And to serve a Sith, the Kyber must suffer. Must suffer. Yeah, that's that bleeding that they, they've introduced, that bleeding concept. And the Kyber um, is, is you, the Sith make the Kyber feel the pain and the suffering. Yeah. And that's why it's red and does terrible things in their hands. And I
1: love so like Ochi mentions too, that he can, he, like, it's like deafening to him. He can hear them screaming, which I thought was super cool because to me, I don't know why I just associated like a force user would be sensing that, but he, a, not a force user, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, he serves a Sith, can hear them screaming.
0: I think it just shows you how unnatural it is yeah. for this to be happening because yeah. Not like I love in the that. in the natural order of things, the Kyber crystal calls out to the Jedi. Mm-hmm. It, like it chooses its Jedi, right? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But we wouldn't hear it because it yeah. wouldn't call out to us because we're not force sensitive. But yeah. it, they're so like overburdened with the terrible thing that's happening to them that anybody can hear it because it's just so amplified because it shouldn't that. be happening.
1: Yeah. No. It's uh, we we've seen them collect kyber crystals before shortly after order 66 we see them using them i thought it was the power the future Death Star. i can't even remember but there's definitely a collection of kyber crystals and, and laser swords at one point so i whether this is part of that same pie, i i don't know but they've definitely been harnessing crystals for a while it appears and yeah i love that yeah it's all natural to do this
0: maybe i'm just reading into it too much but the way that like darth vader explains to serve the sith the crystal must suffer after saying that the crystals are living things it's almost this is just the way that i interpreted that it's almost to me like the way not that they care to like justify things because i don't feel like they have to Mm -hmm. but like they think that it's a it's right for them to do this because the crystals are serving Mm -hmm. the Sith. Like they're doing this, they're living things. They're going through this specifically to serve the Sith. It's almost like not that they're doing it to themselves, but like they're allowed, like that they would have like an active choice in this happening when really like they don't because the Sith are torturing the Kyber crystals to get this result from them. It's not that the Kyber crystals are like suffering to serve. Yeah. The Sith in the way that like a living thing would suffer.
2: Yeah, very true. Yeah, and I, th- I think in some of the High Republic stuff, um, I can't remember which book Whether there's... I-, I think it wasn't Light of the Jedi, but the Claudia Gray one, Into the Dark, maybe. The one character talks about um, sort of the symbiotic relationship like you guys were yeah. mentioning, that the Jedi have with the crystals um, and how important that is to their then using... The crystal as a tool for justice yeah. in their, you know, to uphold justice and when necessary using force to do so through their lightsaber. Uh, so yeah, that is just the polar opposite mm-hmm. of that concept, bending it to your will,
0: yeah.
1: and it's, it even serves Palpatine's little you know, a path that is to some unnatural. I love that you brought that up, Holly, because it definitely, it just feeds that narrative of like, this is the complete opposite of what we should be doing. We should not be trying to prolong life in the way that you're doing it. We shouldn't be doing this to kyber crystals to create energy. Like, it's just, it's everything about it. It's just wrong.
0: But it feels like very industrial because there's so many things that we ourselves are doing that kind of align with this people are just kind of like turning a blind eye to it like we don't want to think about it what if what if like like, can you imagine if like every time you cut down a tree it screams like one of these kyber crystals did or something it should
1: it should i don't want i don't want to say that you know we should experience what was the movie where all the plant the lorax
0: not that one a little darker (laughs) avatar
1: not a fan of Avatar. What's <laughs> no. not Avatar? Uh, the People actually started killing themselves because the, of the plants rebellions. No? Is Zoo.
0: It?
1: Not that one either. Um, Yeah. No, there's a really horrifying trailer for it where a dude just laid in front of a lawnmower. It was terrible. What? I don't I'll have to look up what it was. I don't know. It was a terrible movie, but it was... Because, also, because also, of the
0: plants?
1: Yeah, it was the way of Mother Nature fighting back. You know, oh, we're gonna, yeah, people just started like getting yeah, anyway. I mean, too bad That's a dark them. topic. We're not even going to okay, talk okay. about it. But the planet should fight back. Let's
0: just Yeah, say, a yeah. darker topic than what we're talking about uh, right yeah.
1: now. Yeah. No, yeah. The end of our planet. Yeah, pretty much. Doesn't get any darker than that. Hey, tell that to Naboo. Naboo's okay. Oh. You meant
0: Alderaan. I meant Alderaan. God damn it. R.I.P. Alderaan. Am I even <laughs> a Star Wars fan? R.I.P.
1: Alderaan. It's a Tuesday. It's late. I'm foreseeing, had a, I'm foreseeing yeah.
0: something that's going to happen in the future, guys. I got the scoop.
1: Well, I thought it was just the Greek Express, you know, that we just literally ate five seconds before going on air. Uh, I know all the blood is rushing to my stomach right now, so I don't even know Mm. if I'm actually speaking.
0: It's also past my bedtime. Wow. Wow.
1: (laughs) Well, so it's really interesting because Palpatine's talking uh, here as well. Um, And and we talked about, you know, making these, these kyber crystals suffer, and he says, "It's the pain. The pain is what's going to give them their true power, and I've harnessed that. And so, um, it's essentially he's comparing like the what he's doing to these Kyber crystal crystals. They're I'm making them suffer. This pain is causing them to be powerful, and that's how you're harnessing power." And it's exactly what, it's the message that Palpatine is trying to get across to Vader. Um, And and there's actually a really uh, traumatic uh, couple of scenes where Ochi, all of this power from these Kyber crystals, blows his helmet off. And we see that disgusting face of his. It actually looks like his eyeballs are melting. Uh, In one of them.
0: Uh, I misread that. I thought that was one of those little Jawa creatures. Uh, It was like poking the crystal.
1: No, it it was, it was, it was uh, Ochi. And so Palpatine says, I tore you to pieces before old friend, but this, this is something different, isn't it? Unlimited power beyond anything you have ever experienced all in my hands. And there's a very menacing scene of just kind of a, the shadow almost of of palpatine covered in red it's very it's very uh, it's very powerful just just the imagery here he says you feel it burning your flesh and mind ready to incinerate you in an instant and you know you cannot fight it so how how can you claim it pain fear anger power it's the path you have chosen time and time again but somehow need to choose again time and time again If you walk with me, you will never escape this terrible pain.
0: He's really selling us on this.
1: But only in this way can you share my power. So after that little speech and and witnessing what's going on here with these Kyber crystals, looks like Vader has somewhat of a, a flashback, but it's one of those manipulated ones where he and Luke are in like, the opposite places. And so we're, we're here on Bespin. And Luke just... Well, Vader is in Luke's place. Kind of hanging for dear life. One hand gone. And Luke says to him, search your feelings. And puts out his hand. You can destroy the emperor. He has foreseen this. It is your destiny. Lord Vader, have you chosen? So... I don't know, Luke. How did you take this scene? I mean, is this is this Vader accepting his fate? But it's this isn't going to go the way he thinks. I, does he have to succumb to? Does he realize he has to succumb to Palpatine's kind of direction here in order to bring him down? Is this him saying, "I've decided and I will bring him down"? I, I didn't really know how to take this.
2: Yeah, I've said it before, and, and I'll, I'll say it again. These these pains of this comic line that these scenes we know so well from Empire mostly and in, um, in sort of play with the, the characters' positions, put people there who weren't there before or flip the roles around, and now Luke is saying the lines of Vader, and Vader's in the position of Luke. Um, throughout the line these sort of images have given us the most to kind of chew on and, and theorize about uh, because they are, they are really interesting in you know takes on things and, and what what are these trying to tell us I think it's it's really powerful to me that uh, you know and Palpatine says you'll never escape the suffering I think when we think of Anakin's fall he was down with the power he could attain because yeah. he thought he could, protect himself from suffering with the power. But here Palpatine's like telling him he got it all wrong, basically in that yeah, you no, know, the suffering will always be there. Yeah. But only through the suffering can you achieve the power. And you can't ever like divorce those two things from each other. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately why Anakin never um you know, never buys in enough where he's um, impenetrable by the light. Mm -hmm. He is able to turn back because he's like, man, that's like, a. don't like that deal. (laughs) In the end, I'm just not going to go for that deal. Uh, And so for me, this line is also like sowing the seeds that they'll reap in Return of the Jedi when he does turn with the help of Luke, but only with the help of Luke. Yeah. Like he throughout this issue and sort of the preceding issues, he seems like he's had enough. He's fed up with Palpatine. Yeah. I'm going to try to actually overthrow him. I'm done. Yep. Um, but in the end, he sees his powers too much for him to deal with alone. But these images remi- you know, reminding him of Luke again and what Luke's position is um, and what Luke might be able to do, I think it sows the seed that together, they might be able to overcome Palpatine. But Vader's in the pos- position where he he can't do it on his own, so now he's left with just sort of biting his time for now
1: yeah and may- maybe he's looking back on that scene with his son saying you know what it was actually my son who won that confrontation there on de- on Bespin that he was able to reject that darkness he was able to to reject taking my hand and, and over maybe he he is what I need. He is what the galaxy needs to rid us of this evil. He's the one that will be able to turn away and, and defeat it all. Hopefully it's, that. that's a very powerful message. Holly, the emperor is gaslighting the hell out of Vader. <laughs> it seems like, yeah. right? Like, Hey, hey you could save Padme. Oh wait, hold on a second. Well, we can find it together. Just join me. Oh, well, you're also going to be suffering this entire time. Uh, and you're probably never, ever going to harness the power that I have. I mean, that, son of a bitch did it he seems like he's got Vader now where he wants him
0: I don't know I I honestly at this point like I I literally have no idea yeah because I felt like there were so many moments that Vader like went through that Palpatine put him through that would have broken him and to me this just doesn't really I guess what Luke was saying seems to be more likely to me that he's not actually like Going with Palpatine in the sense that he's like, okay, we're back in bed together like this. Like, yeah. we're just going to work together. I don't know. I just like.
1: <laughs> I mean, he was coming to Exegol to confront Palpatine.
0: Yeah. I don't. Right. I, to me, this these interactions and this issue, like, they just don't really make sense to me. I'm That's not, fair. I'm not really buying them, but. That's I just fair. feel like they're kind of weak, but that's just me. Maybe that's a harsh hey. critique of the comic. But
1: what do you think could be better? Ba- like what do you what do you think would what were you expecting, I guess I should say?
0: I don't know. I, see, that's the thing, it's like here's what happens when you go back in time and you try to like fill in these gaps in time that we already know how this storyline pans out. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting these filler stories, but then they start giving you details that seem more dramatic than they probably actually were like at no point in the story. We, we know that Vader doesn't go back and like beat Palpatine's ass on Exegol. Like that just doesn't happen. Yeah. And so I feel like maybe our expectations were just too high with what was going to happen in this comic. And so maybe it's not weak. This is just what happened, but yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it was building up to something and making you think about something that, actually didn't happen in this storyline because we know at this point in time, like Vader and Palpatine get back together.
1: Yeah. But I that, mean, we, we could also very well just be halfway through this line. I have no idea how long this is supposed to go. This is only issue 11. Last one went 26.
0: I also don't know like where in the storyline this line's supposed to end.
1: Up, to, Probably up to six, I would imagine. Yeah,
2: I think close to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. That's a good point, Michael. Because I think, I think the other prior to Vader series went around twenty five issues yeah. each. So this is kind of the halfway mark, and I'm left with the same bewilderment as you. As kind of where is this going? Because this almost feels like it could be the conclusion yeah. right before Return of the Jedi. Yep. So it's like, well, then what? What is sort of the back half of this um, this line going to be then? Yeah.
1: What What's the last page, Holly? What it shows. What does he say there?
0: Um, he just says yes and calls Palpatine his master. See, I just yeah. can't tell when he's being facetious or if he, like, is being genuine. I, I, I just, I, like, I don't genuine. know. I think it's genuine. Can I see that for a second? Yeah.
1: I, he's surrounded by Masamita, Um Ochi's there. He's just kind of following Palpatine now. Um, I forget what. Her name is uh, I for- totally forget. Um, Sly. Sly, yeah. So he he seems like he's obeying at this point, and and I but I think I think Luke brought up a great point that I think we were kind of expecting Vader to be, and we may still get it, but to you know to be kind of plotting against Palpatine, it, it just doesn't seem like. I, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like that's the case. I think he just hates him for what he's done to him and put him through and he's just seeking to destroy him and i think he literally i think quite literally this issue is showing us that's impossible (laughs) palpatine is just too powerful you you've 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 put yourself in this situation and he's now harnessed this power without you even knowing it and there's in no way shape or form can you yourself do this just destroy him it's not out of saving the gal that's not he's not here saying i want to save the galaxy i don't think that's his point it's just that he is pissed off that, that palpatine's put him in this situation and he wants to destroy him for that and now he's realizing it's just not possible and so i'm gonna have to ride this out and see is, is luke skywalker showing up just kind of you know that opportune moment i mean like Luke said he's going to need a son it was really the power of Luke Skywalker and the love for his father that really caused him to 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 make the move but i i don't know that that could be the only thing that we're learning here but god i mean this like Luke said this feels like it could very well then walk right into episode 6 and Vader's just i mean cuz when i look at Vader in episode 6 when we're on endor on the on the forest moon of endor and uh, he just seems kind of defeated, like kind of like he's walking right here, just kind of like it's too late for me now. But
0: well, we know that he has
1: got plans for you.
0: We so. know that he feel he starts to feel that way at some point.
1: Yeah, but is it just? But then that's that's our ultimate question here. In let's say we get fifteen more issues or something, or ten more issues, or the fourteen more issues, whatever it is, even ten more issues. It's like.
0: Well, here, let me...
1: Are we going to see see more of that? Are we going to see him actually starting to feel differently?
2: Holly's frustration with, like, we know where this is going, and they're just trying to fill in these gaps, and to a certain extent, it's somewhat below our expectations every time because of that, um, is, like, point A, B, and C about why they created the High Republic, because all these books and these comics that are tucked in these little niches in between some of the movies or the shows, there's a lot of cool things about that because you can see the connections or it's kind of cool to just see that more of that timeline filled in. But at the same time, it is restricting for the story and the characters. So I think it was like they were so excited and the authors that got to be a part of it were so excited to go take the High Republic, which was this more wide-open space about all this... crowding going on and they could tell a more expansive story and and they weren't boxed in by all yeah
0: i imagine it's it's probably actually pretty stressful as a writer to be like you have to write something that happened in between point a and point b but you have all these little details that you have to be extremely mindful of because we know i mean we do it when we talk about these comics like it's people are going to pick these apart Mm -hmm. and they're going to find all the holes and they're going to point them out yeah. So I, I imagine it's very stressful. But it, So when we were talking about, like, where is this comic line going? Well, we had this big confrontation between Vader and Palpatine on Exegol just now. But then it says for issue number 12, all of a sudden Vader's going after Han Solo.
2: Well, this is the big crossover that's coming yeah. up. There's four lines that are going right now. It's the main line, Vader, the bounty hunters... Which was new last year, and then the newest version of Afra, Dr. Mm-hmm. Aphra. So there's this big crossover coming that's a bounty hunter's crossover into the other three lines. Um, so that's what's that all about. So it's like, yeah, there'll probably be like one or two of these crossovers that involve the Vader line, and then they'll get back to whatever yeah. the Vader line, wherever the Vader line is going. So I think like it's really hard to tell because again we don't even yeah. have like the next cover or the next yeah. you know thing to give us a hint because it's really kind of a side crossover thing.
1: I feel like we really need to get back to the beginning of this story because it was all about Vader finding out more about Luke Skywalker and why he is the way he is and and I I want to get back to that story because we got we went on the Padme detour. Now the Exegol detour, I re- I really thought this story was going to be Vader seeking answers about his son. And to me, it felt like it could then very easily translate into, you know, episode six pretty pretty nicely. But we've taken a couple detours here that just, uh, Holly even said, I I, I hate to like kind of say that, you know, this is what's happening, but she was like, kind of feels like they just really don't know where they're going with this story. And I, it kind of feels like that. I, I don't... I'm sure they have an idea. But, man, we've, we've gone in some, some different directions here. Way different than where I thought we were going yeah. from think, the beginning.
0: I think that something else that kind of takes you out of it a little bit and makes it complicated is they're very sporadic about when they're releasing these comics. Yeah. And so... You know, they get them on like a monthly release schedule and then all of a sudden they fall off. I think it's been a couple times now that mm-hmm. they've like fallen off and it's been like two months or three months until they come out with the next one. And so yeah. then you're kind of playing catch up and like having to remember what was happening because there's so much other content coming out. I think yeah. it's very easy, for, at least I'll speak for myself, for me to get them like mix up. Like, was it this comic line that... Um, <laughs> luke skywalker lost his lightsaber and went back to find it or was that a different comic line you know <laughs> yeah, what i'm saying like yeah. they all all of them come out all around the same time and
1: that was the tricky part with with the, and they were coming out around the same time and they were dealing with the same kind of timeline so yeah when we were reading those side by side and then we kind of stopped at the main line for a bit yeah it, it took yeah. some wait where I, um, are we now what what story are we reading i
0: don't want to i don't want it to sound like i don't enjoy the comics because nah, i really do no, no no, no.
1: Well, here's the thing guys. we may very well be halfway through this line. and the thing about comic lines, you don't just stop halfway and say, eh, not for me. maybe after the first couple issues you can do that. We are in bed with this story, as Holly wanted to say earlier. <laughs> we are finishing the damn thing. So I think that we have quite a bit to go and it's had such great moments. I don't think that should you know these these kind of you know maybe you know misses here should really detour us way because there are some great moments here. Um it's cool to learn, you know, little bits about Exegol and, and 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 these kyber crystals that were, you know, being used to power the ships and that's that's interesting stuff. Did the Palpatine in fact have Luke's hand? Who what knows? did he do with it?
0: How did he get it?
1: Is is Snoke part of Luke Skywalker?
0: Okay. But- I, I
1: I these are questions that we're going to have to pose another time. Oh. Unless you want to get into it now. I don't
0: know. In one of the (laughs) Kylo Ren comics... They're all related. They said...
1: There's a little bit of Skywalker in us all.
0: Well, no. (laughs) Well, no. But they said... Right, Padme. They said that Luke and Snoke Hmm. had had encounters before and interactions before. And they... Like, Luke had done something to Snoke. He did. I don't know. He's done this to you. It's not... It's Patton. not related, but if it is Luke Skywalker's hand and it's in the uh, same place where Snoke was created.
1: Snoke is the actual evil Luke clone.
0: I thought you were legends. gonna say some I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Listen. Snoke
1: A K A Luke. I That'll maybe, make our legends listeners happy.
0: Yeah. It's
1: uh, that would be crazy. If Luke confronted him, they had an altercation and he's just like, dude, this clone is like part you. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's like if you it's kill weird. that
0: if you kill the evil clone, you're killing a part of yourself. What? Okay, we're way off track.
1: Kylo Ren killed him. I mean, I
0: Was Kylo I really the villain?
1: I don't know. Was he really trying to kill his uncle there in that moment? It was it had nothing to do with cuz he sensed it. I don't know. Uh, That's some weird conversation, but hey, we talked about it the beginning the artists knew exactly what they were doing in that moment. Like you said, Luke, they knew what kind of frenzy this would cause. And boy, it, it stirred up the internet pretty good. I don't think anyone had a serious like discussion about it. Cause it was just so weird. Like, where did he get the hand? Is it Luke's hand? We assume it is. Could it be Anakin's? Where's but, the forearm? But
0: like truly, where like if h- it is Luke's hand. What did you do with it? What happened? Yeah. How did he get it? Yeah. Those little, what are they? Little Ugnaughts cleaning up down below. Yeah. Just like pulled it out of yeah. the compactor.
1: Did he inject Luke and his Metachlorians into Grogu, hence Grogu's power? They're, they're, they have a bond now closer than, I, I don't
0: know. Okay, now listen. What is, like, where do those timelines, I don't know. exactly?
1: It's, it's, who knows? I don't know. It's too much to think about. That's going to have to be a whole, that's a, why did they show us this? We'll probably never, ever find out why, ever.
0: They probably laughed when they did it, and they're like, no, dude, don't put that in. Wait, actually, yeah, let's put it in. It's
1: one of those things, it's exactly right. They've said, let's show a scene of Snoke, oh, then we see the hand, okay, did they do something there? (laughs) We're never going to tell you.
0: Or they're like, it literally means nothing. means
1: nothing. Yeah.
0: I I don't know. I kind of like that. It's not even Luke's hand. (laughs) Troll your Star Wars fans. Yeah.
1: Uh, Holly, you said you saw a theory. uh, uh, Wait, no, that was Omega. Yeah, that's another conversation.
0: (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was the beginning of Omega. (laughs) Your Snoke theory sucks. God.
1: Well... We'll get back to that story, guys. Who knows? In two months, three months, whenever they release the next, next issue, but we're not we're not done with that yet. But uh, some interesting stuff there with Darth Vader. But let's move on. Let's move on to the clone the Clone Wars, the Bad Batch. Um,
0: not the Clone Wars. Not but the Clone Close. Wars.
1: Episode two, cut and run. It was fun. I enjoyed. Holly, you, you got to see it a couple times. I watched what, what it you, twice. What'd you think?
0: Heck yeah, I watched it twice. I actually liked it a lot more the second time than I liked it the first time. Yeah. The second time I picked up... I know this is true. We say this all the time with every episode that we watch. uh, You just pick up so much more the second time around. But I, personally, I very much enjoy Omega's character. Good. And, like, this episode just, like, made me feel really sad for her. Yeah. I don't know. I felt bad. Just a kid. I know, just a kid. Just a kid. And I was telling Michael, these clones... These, those people. Yeah, the regs. No, the, the clones, they always, like, <laughs> talk about how they're so different from everybody else, but they're all the same, but our bad batch is so different from everybody else. They don't belong. They don't fit in. And I'm like, try being Omega. Yeah. You're a little girl who doesn't have any family, and yeah. you don't have any role models, and no. you don't have any friends, and you've been stuck inside this very cold, sterile world.
1: Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's a great point.
0: And it's just like.
1: <laughs> Everything about Camino, at least on the, it's it's very sterile. You're absolutely yeah. right.
0: And it's just like she doesn't have any friends. She's never met anybody her age. She's never met people like, I mean, she's never been off the planet. And it's like.
1: I mean, Lama Sue has been her caregiver, right? The Lama yeah. Sue, I think. I mean, that does not seem like a very exciting upbringing.
0: And you just like, you just have to feel bad for her because yeah. as much as like. The Bad Batch wants to say they don't really fit in. Like, Omega really doesn't fit in. She doesn't have any friends. She doesn't have a support system. She doesn't have people she can talk to. She doesn't know how to talk to people if she could. Well, she does a better job than you would think. Mm -hmm. It's also a fictional character on a TV show. Uh But, like, I feel like they did a very good job developing her character.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I saw, you know, people giving this episode a lot of flack and, yeah, you might be thinking, like, why the hell are we going to this planet just to have this interaction with the deserter? What, 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 what why aren't we going out and finding Rex? Well, I, I get it. You know, it seemed like kind of a little, little detour, but it, ultimately, it was it, there's the story developing with Hunter and Omega, and him becoming what appears to be this father figure, and and the whole point of going here was really to show, like. Mm-hmm. What It's going to take to be a father figure. And well, also, yeah,
0: they learned about the inhibitor chips because <laughs> the I inhibitor chips, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's not information, that's information that tech had. I think yeah. I said this last time. Luke mentioned he liked tech's, yeah, the kind of humor that tech brought to the show. And to me, tech was that guy who would just like sit on information, and people were like, What you knew this the whole time? He'd be like, Duh, yeah, duh, the of chips course I are did.
1: what's controlling everyone. You didn't, that was. Yeah. And not to mention when, when Omega mentions the chips, she doesn't seem very bummed out about it. I don't no. think she realizes what they were being used for. She just knew this was a procedure and she probably even assisted with doing it. And that's what they were doing. And she did she seemed kinda of gung ho about it. inhibited yeah. chips. It yeah, I know you- those. You talk
0: about those yeah. <laughs> it shows you the naivety that she yeah. has because she was being raised exactly. in this around these people who that was what they were doing and that was the right thing to do. So mm-hmm. to her, there wasn't anything wrong with it because yeah. she, she didn't have any no reason different. to think that it was bad. Uh,
1: Luke, I thought this episode did a really good job. I know when we, we all saw the previews, we saw the trailers, we, we were, everyone's speculating Omega. Like, what does it mean? Like, is she force sensitive? Like, could she be the perfect weapon? And you know, we all speculated like that, but was, this episode did a really good job of saying this is literally just a child. You know, she, she's going to make the same mistakes any other kid's going to do. She's going to get herself into trouble. She has no idea what these chips are actually capable of doing. Like like Holly said, she's very naive. And, and I think a lot of us, as we do as Star Wars fans, tend to, with all the speculation, start creating storylines in our minds. And it's really just a five- or six-year-old kid who, you know, doesn't know how she's created, where she comes from, has no family, like Holly said, seeing dirt for the first time. Like, did a really good job of bringing her back home to say, you know what, like, she can't just be one of the bad bats. She doesn't have these skills. At least she's not aware. It's going to take, she's going to have to grow up. Hell, she may be on some expedited growth rate and she may be twenty years old in two days. We we don't know. So it's gonna be an interesting, interesting journey, but she is just a kid and there's so many episodes to go and we all need to realize that. I thought this episode did a really good job of doing that. What 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 did you think?
2: There's this interesting kid thread going through a lot of Star Wars over the past couple of years. This this episode I think was going to be a sort of slowdown in the pacing. Mm-hmm. Compared to the big opening, yeah. uh, I think everyone should have expected that. Not that there was an action in this episode, but it was like it was more character. Like, let's get to know the group as they figure out their new place in the galaxy. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, a lot of it's through the eyes of Omega experiencing the galaxy for the first time, which is really like great to see her experiencing dirt yeah. for the first time and like plants cause she's been in the sterile environment of Camino, but there's obvious, obvious sort of, um, blaringly obvious connections to this episode with the fourth episode of Steve is in one of the Mandalorian yeah. where they get away to this sort of quieter, more agrarian rural type planet. And, um, you have these, these people who are caregivers for this young being, and they want what's best for the young um, young child. And they think what's best is for them to live more of a familial yeah. type of life here. Um, so very strong parallels to that story in, in Mandalorian. And then it was interesting to me, in the, using the Marvel app, I've been starting to read that Bounty Hunter series I alluded to earlier that came out um, starting last year and kind of running running Currently, as well, and in that story, I won't go into the details, but there is that same dynamic of ultimately, it's revealed this story is about. There's this important child um, that is symbolic. It, it doesn't. It's not like it has great attributes necessarily, like uh, Grogu or um, or Omega seem to have. But it's like a, it's a symbolically important child in that needs protected, and and she ends up with a mercenary going around the galaxy protecting her and trying to figure out what to do with her. Uh, so it's just, it's funny or surprising. I don't know if it's coincidence or if it's just like a mandate around Lucasfilm to make stories like this, but it it keeps popping up over and over again. This, um, child that needs protection, this child that's significant in some way. Uh, so I think it's interesting to see and compare those, those different things. But Omega, like I said, is, uh, Unique enough to me, uh, and it's not just like a copy. It's like, oh, this is getting old, uh, because she she has a different experience and different attributes. I don't, I still don't think she's force sensitive. Mm-hmm. I know that keeps mm-hmm. building that speculation. Uh, so I think she that sets her apart from Grogu in that way. And plus, Grogu would kind of, you could tell he'd experience some of the world, even though he's nonverbal yeah. in the traditional sense and stuff. He's not Omega, where he's like never mm-hmm. seen anything before. So it's interesting to see that that perspective too as well. So I I just thought all those sort of parallels and connections to other stories, other medium uh, uh, around the Star Wars universe is interesting. And I couldn't help but think of those.
0: Yeah. There's like in that moment where she gets off the ship and she's like playing with the dirt and she's like, what is this? There's just something so like authentic Mm -hmm. and gleeful about that. It's like if you've ever been around a child and they're experiencing something for the first time, like, that just felt so true to when someone's experiencing something new for the first yeah. time, like you feel it too. And I just thought that was such like a great moment. Cause it kind of brings you back and it's like, she is still a child. There's all yeah. this really bad, really serious stuff happening. But to her, I guess like through the eyes of a child, like she's still trying to learn and experience things for the first time. And like, she should be allowed to have those experiences even though we're like, post-war maybe still in war nobody mm-hmm. really knows what's going on it's like this transitional period that's very scary and i don't know yeah
1: yeah uh, uh, through the eyes of a child and also through the the, the the parent the parent of that child so i thought it was really interesting where the kids are asking Omega to go throw the ball and she looked to Hunter for some sort of affirmation of like, is it okay? And he's just like, like he's just like a very gleeful moment for him. Like, oh my gosh, like, like this is so cool. Like, you know, we're experiencing this moment together and everyone's watching him. And he's just like, "What, what the hell is everyone watching? Like, I feel like Din had some of those moments in the Mandalorian too. So it's, it's cool that they're both having these, new experiences for the first time and it's so I don't know. They're they're obviously both enjoying it and they're they're starting to kinda, you know, feel for each other in a way they're not familiar with. He's usually just caring about himself and his team and it's like now I have this kid to take care of. You know, like we said, very similar to Den. Um but ultimately what I'm loving that Star Wars is doing and, and in a Rebels too, where I think of Ezra Bridger joining this team and you know oftentimes just like well, this kid is not gonna like, we, He's not gonna be a good fit here, but he wants to be with them and ultimately at the end. I loved that uh, You know hunter tells omega like if, if this is where you want to be then this is where you're gonna be Yeah, thought that was super cool. We're and even we get a little bit of that with With grogu and den. I mean grogu can't exactly communicate with us all the time But you get a sense like he always tends to show back up he wants to be here in this moment. He's sad to leave Den when he has to go. But I, I love that they're giving the child the opportunity to say, this is this is what I want, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. So. Well, also, um, I mean, when we talk about things that feel like quintessentially Star Wars and mm-hmm. you think, oh, blasters and stormtroopers yeah. and space and lightsabers. But to me, it's also this, like, unlikely band of people who, like, get together and maybe they don't have anything in common Mm -hmm. except for like one small thing but that like it works and so we see that in the original trilogy I mean in the beginning you would never think that C-3PO Han Solo Chewie and Leia would ever have gotten together and done anything together Until the movies came around, you know at any other time if none of that was going on They probably never would have crossed paths. They wouldn't have even liked each other Yeah, and so we see that over and over again throughout Star Wars. It's kind of like bringing people together inadvertently and Building those relationships. Yeah, and to me that feels very Star Wars.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I thought a very telling moment um on the farm with, with Cut and, and, and his family. Um him and Hunter are having a conversation about the, the, the cloning and the Kaminoans and the chips and, and they're talking about Omega too and, and and Cut says the Kaminoans never do anything like unintentionally. I thought that was really interesting and and so it almost seems like there's some story to be told about the bad batch themselves. I don't know if we really know what their purpose was other than they have these heightened abilities that, you know, they work well together to do missions. Is that truly, was that truly their purpose? Like, yeah, there's a lot to Omega. We have to find out and, and all that, but what was, what was their true purpose? Was it originally this, this was the idea of this clone force 99. And I don't think it was, Um, and ultimately I think it was, I don't know if it was Lama Sue, one of the Kaminoans, whoever it was, that was kind of the parental figure for, for Omega seemed to protect Omega in that moment, like allowing her to leave almost to protect her. Yeah, it felt very intentional. She was doing something with the door, uh, holding it off. I don't know what she was doing, but letting her go to protect her for some reason. There was there was an intention there. Well, Um, the two
0: Kaminoans at the end of the first episode have a conversation about making sure that she was able to get out of there, right? Or that's kind of what the conversation was alluding to.
1: Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. So I feel like there's we might get we might tap in deep here into the Bad Batch and kind of learn you know, earlier stories about them. What, what really was their purpose? Um, and maybe Omega has much more to do with it than we realize. And this isn't just some coincidence. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, other familiar stuff or other interesting stuff, Luke, what, 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 what stuck out to you in this episode?
2: Well, I want to pick up a little bit on what you were saying there because he- the Clone Force ninety nine, the Bad Batch, have described themselves as defective,
0: yeah.
2: which which implies and they're accidental. Their uniqueness is accidental, and I always I took it that way when they were introduced as well. Be it'd be interesting to go back to those Clone Wars season seven episodes and see. And it wasn't explicit, but I've always thought of um, if you recall the Clone Wars episodes on Kamino. Where um, Kamino was attacked by the separatists. Mm -hmm. And there was this character called 99, who was a sort of deformed, malformed clone who was like kept around to be like Mm -hmm. a janitor, maintenance guy on the facility, Mm -hmm. and ends up being a a hero of sorts. And um, I couldn't help but draw the connection between him being named 99 Mm -hmm. and when the Bad Batch is introduced, them being called Clone Force 99 to me reinforces this idea that it was an accident yeah. that, that the bad batch, their uniqueness was an accident rather than intentional. But then you have, like you mentioned this, this character cut saying, no, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done it unintentionally. They sort of have a reason for the, everything they're doing they their cloning. And it suggests it's very, for the most part, precise. Yeah. So that was interesting to me to think about, uh, that yeah, if it, if it is more intentional, it's just kind of a that probably makes more sense. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of I have this conflict in my head with those those ideas from the from the Clone Wars, uh, you know. Content. Can I add to that?
0: Because yeah. I don't think I think I had stuff to say about that too. Because so the way that this is just me, the way that I'm interpreting all of those conversations and things from the Clone Wars is that perhaps the Bad Batch did end up being defective, mm-hmm. but Omega being one of the remaining five similar to the Bad Batch was intentional. Yeah. And they saw things happening in the Bad Batch, and they said, you know what? We're going to take this, and we're going to roll with it, mm-hmm. and we are going to create another clone like the Bad Batch. And each of the Bad Batch members has a heightened skill or Mm -hmm. ability or whatever so to me omega has one we just don't know what it is yet and it might be something to do with she was a medical assistant and only 12 years old what 12 year old is a medical assistant Mm -hmm. but so I don't know if she has some sort of ability that lies in that realm or if her caretaker was really just trying to shelter her from at this point now I guess like the Republic and not let them know that she had something that they would be able to weaponize her with, which is why yeah. they wanted her to get off of Camino. But I think that she has a heightened ability and all throughout this episode, she was put in situations where I thought something was going to come out and nothing did. Yeah. So I think at some point during this season, she's going to develop a skill set that's probably going to come out of nowhere and surprise everybody. And then she's going to be able to work on it. I just don't know what it would be.
1: I'm starting to think that she's a little bit of all of them. Maybe there's there's moments in both episodes where I don't know if you notice this one. Tech is doing something, and the camera then zooms, it focuses back to her, and you see her kind of in the back, in the background, watching him intently. And it pauses for a second, her watching what he's doing. It f- she's very observant. In yeah. Everything you know, she's always watching Hunter, how he's leading you know his team following his mannerism sometimes telling them to hush and, and kind of do it uh, yeah some of that's the connection that they have but then i see you're observing what tech's doing and uh, i i don't know it could just be someone that's just extremely adaptable i have no idea but uh, there's something that's going to bring all these guys together and it's 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 you know maybe she is a little piece of all of so them so when
0: you say all of these guys together do you mean Crosshair or is he dead to you ah <sighs>
1: you guys want me over i'm sure he's gonna come back at some point but i do love that there had to be an asshole in the group and sometimes that's leonardo and the turtles um <laughs> but uh we we had crosshair here who, you know we didn't we didn't see him at all which was you know kind of interesting um so he's gonna catch up you know i guess that family's off off uh off world now, so I thought maybe he'd come to torture him or something that would have been really intense.
0: That would have been really awful. Can
1: I tell you something? I This is kind of dark, <laughs> but I kind of thought it would have been interesting. No. Um, If Cut's chip had actually worked. I know the the whole spiel was to eliminate Jedi, but, like, wouldn't that have been interesting if they came and one of their friends kind of, like, man, he had it so good, like, he made the right choices and ultimately, like... He still couldn't escape it. That would have been dark, but it yeah. would have been That's a debate
2: going around about like yeah, how was cut affected by Order 66. And I assume he wasn't because he never heard the yeah. order. Like it seemed like the clones needed to hear the order. And I thought it was interesting how in the the first – the premiere episode, tech says like this, this thing is all over the comm channels over and yeah. over again. It just says execute Order 66, execute Order 66. So they get – it needs that like yeah. trigger, you know. So I think Cut, yeah, he's got his chip, and it probably works fine, yeah. but he's off the grid, you know, so he's not connected to that stuff. So I, I think there's a lot of people on the internet like, whoa, why, why didn't Cut go insane when Order 66 yeah. happens? Like, that's not that's not what Order 66 is. It's not that they just go out of control yep. like, must have flesh. <laughs> he starts trying to beat his own kids or anything, you know. He's just, he's out of the yeah. loop, so there's no... Nothing triggering that chip. yeah.
1: Poor cut, you know. Felt like he had it all and, you know, has this family now to take care of. And then now, within days of Order 66, maybe a couple weeks, they don't really specify how long it's been, uh, but he does mention, you know, just in the past couple of weeks, they had been starting to impound ships and stuff. So this empire, uh, I'm glad we kind of saw this, we're, we're going to see more of it, but just how quickly it becomes, you know, this is how we're going to instill order. Y'all are no longer individuals. You're a number, and we're going to start taking inventory of you. We're going to start controlling when and how you come in and out of, of, of these planets. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I know there's a connection with the chain codes in Mandalorian. I, 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 I didn't cool. Like I know, some people were just like, "Oh, so cool! It connects." I really had no, didn't really, that wasn't that exciting to me. Um, but you know, it's just, it was interesting to see. Uh, we we continue to see these clones who we loved, and 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 they had so much individuality. And now we never see them take their helmets off. The ones that we did see in the mess hall in the first episode, they all had the same kind of haircuts. Like it was just, we're we're really starting to see them as the villains now. Um, there was though a moment. Um, as much as you think this inhibitor chip is kind of controlling them, there was a moment when 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 Cut was getting on on the ship to leave, um, the clone stopped him and said, "You look like," and then got interrupted by one of his buddies to go fight Wrecker when Wrecker was causing a ruckus. And you uh, are just like, wait a second, like so he's recognizing himself here, and it's not you know. They're not completely gone. Like Luke said, they're not zombies out there just mindlessly wandering or just like completely, you know, um, you know, abiding by, you know, whatever, you know. So they're not machines. There's still some some uh some individuality there. But I, I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I wasn't sure. What would he have done if he had noticed him? Hey, brother! Or like, no, No. why do you look like me?
0: He was a deserter. And so he was worried that he was going to get caught. But I wonder if at some point there was any other order that they were given where it was like, we know that some clones defected. Yeah, Find them and kill them like you did to the Jedi. It could be. I don't know. Could be a stretch. Could be a waste of resources. They don't care that much. But they cared enough to go after the Jedi. Like... Yeah. high and freaking low
1: absolutely they were a big threat to palpatine's uh, rule another thing that was interesting cut mentioned you know just the day before the bad batch landed rex is there that's a small little detail cut didn't bother to ask him where the hell he was going didn't want to know so it seems like it ain't going to be in the next episode we're going to find rex we know maybe they're close behind but they have no idea where he's going um, so maybe that'll be later in the season, I presume, but uh, I thought that was an interesting little nugget. I thought it would have been cool to see Rex come back and, and hang out with cut and, you know, see how things were going and talk to him about that. But, uh,
2: well, that's a good connection to the, uh, the first appearance of cut yeah. in, uh, season two of clone wars. Uh, you know, we talked about this last episode when we were speculating, where are they going? And, and this was one of the main speculations that they would go to this character, yeah who was a deserter from the clone army and you see in in rex gets injured on salukami in clone war season two and ends up finding this farm where cut and and sue live with their kids and they help sort of rehabilitate him and and rex is reckoning with this idea of this guy who's a deserter Mm -hmm. and um who now has loyalty to his family protecting them rather than loyalty to the republic like rex Mm -hmm. has and and you see rex reckoning. with that, uh, through that Clone Wars episode. I went back and watched it. And uh, one one big uh, difference is that uh, Sue is much more scantily clad in the Clone Wars. Really? <laughs> the, um, you know, the Twi'lek species is like the most sexualized yep. yeah. species in all of Star Wars. Uh, in Return of the Jedi, you know, the dancer in uh, Jabba's palace is pretty much yep. naked. <laughs> yep. And Sue in in The Clone Wars looks like um, an exotic dancer as well who doesn't need to take off much to finish her act. Um, So it was interesting that they, uh, you know, for this series, (laughs) put a bit more clothes on her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, when was – what year was the second season even released?
2: Well, that would be like 2010-ish. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a lot – has changed just in, like, what is perceived as appropriate and not appropriate for a children's well, show. Well,
1: I love, Holly, this is kind of similar to that that idea because you were saying when Sue was shooting at that, that animal, whatever that thing was. Yes. You were like, if this were Rebels or Clone Wars, they would have shot the thing dead. Yeah. And they didn't.
0: They didn't. They just scared it off. I mean, they hit it, yeah. but it didn't kill it. Whereas in Clone Wars and Rebels, they were... and. I mean, they were killing these creatures yeah. like that would come up on them left and right. But I will say in this episode, they did not have any hesitancy for anybody in the bad batch to be dropping the um soldiers that were coming out Oh them. shooting the clones yeah, yeah. Not, no we we'll we tried out. setting
1: one to stun
2: not enough. Did't work, which I mean yeah, which they stunned them earlier on Camino yeah. right for the most part and i I wonder if they'll reckon with that more. I was surprised there were no like lines or, or scenes where they were reckoning with like their regs yeah. being adversaries now, but maybe they just always felt so apart from them that it's not, not as emotional as like it was for Rex having to deal yeah. with that.
0: Yeah,
1: It's, it's actually interesting that we're talking about this because I don't think, I don't think people talk about the, you know, the, the creatures, you know, being just kind of mindlessly killed. Or, you know, characters like Sue, you know, being all, you know, could have used some more clothes in Clone Wars. I I don't think that's things that people are talking about. I think sometimes we get so distracted with the cool fight scenes and stuff that people aren't realizing just like how sexualized, like, Star Wars has made characters over the years, even in cartoons. Yeah. Like, there's even scenes of Ahsoka. It's like, Ahsoka wouldn't be wearing a tube top? Like, come on. Like, this is stupid. Everyone else is wearing armor and she's in a tube top? This is stupid. Yeah. Like, I, I just feel like we don't talk about that stuff enough. And, and it, maybe it seems like Star Wars trying to rectify this issue a little bit and maybe do better, well, I hope.
0: Hopefully, because it, in all honesty, their portrayal of women still needs some help. It's not great. No, it's not. not. Great. And when you're thinking about these are still kids' shows, like the target uh, I think that people, even other Star yeah. Wars podcasters and content creators, forget the target audience is not you 30 year old men seven and up. Who wanna talk about this. The target audience is children, the message yep. that these cartoons are sending to children. This isn't something on yeah. like Cartoon Network or whatever no. they would do, like, later in the evening. Like, this is a kid's show. Yeah. And it needs to be sending the right message to children, which generally should be about respect. Yeah. And respect that you give other people and respect that you give other living creatures around you, which includes animals.
1: Well, and that uh, a lot of it stems from many creators in the cartoon world and the comic world are men. And then the, the depiction of the female heroine or female characters of any sort are very sexualized. Very much. Big busts, you know, and that, that's something that has defined superheroes to this day. And comic books <laughs> for and decades. F-
0: fantasy in general.
1: And that's unfortunate. That's why we need more female creators because if I were to ask my nephew to draw a female. He's superhero. seven. He's seven years old. If I said draw me a female superhero, he's not going to draw some character with big boobs and and a and a, and a V neck down to her belly. But he's not going to do that.
0: Or he might because that's all he sees.
1: I mean, maybe, but it's like I, it's know, being it's, these characters are being created by by men mm-hmm. to fulfill a fantasy and, and or we, other men. Exactly. We need to yeah. do better. So I, if more female creators are going to. Uh, absolutely help with that. And, and so I think Star Wars could do better in that yeah. regard.
0: They need to be, the thing is like female, <laughs> female creators are out there. They're just not getting hired. Yeah. And so I think that there needs to be more of a push to increase the employment mm-hmm. of people who are going to bring diversity to these creations
1: yeah and there's a lot of great content out there that you can watch that that shows that just shows you the difference between Mm -hmm. male creations and and female creations when we're talking about characters and superheroes really fascinating uh, stuff a lot of research has been done on this and we can just do better um, but I think it's just something that doesn't get talk about the star Wars because it gets so distracted with other stuff like the force and laser swords. And it's so cool. And people say, man, yeah, you just ruin a good time. <laughs> you're,
0: you're, some, <laughs> don't be such a wet blanket. some <laughs> of this
1: stuff is ruining it for, for our younger generation. So, or for me or for, for women <laughs> in general. Um, but you have a better idea of it. I'm talking about very impressionable minds yeah, that, absolutely. That, that don't. So yeah, I think Star Wars can do better, um, and maybe we're doing better in the Clone yeah. Wars.
0: But it is is—it is really interesting to see how those characters and the outfits and the way that they mm-hmm. act is evolving over time. Yeah. Um, as I feel like there are more people paying attention to these shows. There's more yeah. pressure on these creators to be doing things differently, and generally it's more accessible now with Disney+, Plus. I think. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. um So yeah, it was a good episode, feel good episode. You know what else I love? We have no freaking clue where we're going next. It's awesome. It's like like the Mandalorian. Let's hope we're not going to Tatooine.
0: Uh.
2: Kind of feels like it, right? They, I could kind of feel it. I don't know if you guys caught it, but on uh, on the Star Wars YouTube, they release kind of little trailer type things oh. for the next episode a day or two after. The last episode airs, and it looks like we might be getting into the Phoenix Shan okay. crossover. Okay, uh, looks like she might be coming into things in the next episode, I'm here for that. Uh, or a couple episodes, and they're going to get back to more of like a looks like a big city situation. And um, it doesn't look like we're getting Rex right okay. away, but you know, obviously, we're going to get Rex at some point. That's uh, like been strongly hinted yeah. at. But it looks like they're going to be just kind of getting down into the CD parts of the galaxy and uh, going to cross blasters maybe with Fennec Shand here coming up.
1: When you mentioned Fennec Shand, then I was starting to think Tatooine. I was like, oh, <laughs> dude, here we go. We're going back, which who knows, we might. But I, I, as much as I was thinking, you know, we're two sep- episodes in, I thought the Bad Batch may need to take a break from each other and go out and just kind of see the world, you know, separate. doesn't seem like we're going to get that. It seems like they're going to need to rely on each other just to literally survive. Yeah. Because they're going to be hunted.
0: Um, Hunter becomes
1: uh, the hunted. Ooh, I love it. I love That might be a title of an episode, (laughs) Holly.
0: You'll have to hold on to that one for later. Hunter
1: becomes Dada. The Hunted. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I have no idea where we're going with this, and that's great. I think that's great. I, I'm, I'm so over leaks. I'm so over that crap. I'm over. Stop, stop posting, leak set scenes from the Andor series. I'm just over that shit. I want to be surprised. Um, now
0: you're sounding like me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm
1: down for a trailer, but man, people love to spoil shit. And I'm just so over it.
0: Doesn't want it anymore. I just don't
1: because you're, you're ruining it for me. You're, I didn't need to know that the shore troopers were going to be in the Andor series. Leave that a surprise.
0: Wow. Now you spoiled it for everybody. Damn it. I did.
1: Now you could, if you're on Twitter, if you're on social media, no, you know I that.
0: didn't see that. Oh,
1: well, Holly, I'm really sorry.
0: God damn it.
1: If I saw it, you saw it. My eyes are your eyes. Whoa. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. Anything else about the episode guys? I mean, it was just a feel good episode. Um, Hunter's gonna become a real softy here, so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. You know, I it was I thought it was kind of risky to continue another father story, father figure story. Got a lot of that in the Mandalorian, a lot of it in the Mandalorian. Um,
2: so what what real quick? Yeah. I think it it does serve nicely as a, a a sort of a preview for Andor, um, which is I think is. One of the next live actions that we're going yeah. to get released, um, which is going to play in the sort of similar time era, yep. of it was interesting to me to see like what does the galaxy look like as they're making this transition from Republic to Empire and just start to see that take place on the ground level. Uh, so to me, it it might end up having some good tie-in with Andor Absolutely. in a way. It'd be a nice lead-in into that uh, I don't know how intentional that was, but it seems like it might work out. well Absolutely.
1: There. Got, probably going to be a lot of chain code references in Andor. Now that we know that that's his thing. And Holly, you also said, how cool would it be to see Omega in live action? Who knows? Maybe Andor and Omega best friends. Uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe she recruits him.
0: I just think that she yeah. would be kind of a cool character to see live action later down Appreciate the road. It.
2: Do you think you could voice her? No. Well, actually, it's a live act. I was going to suggest you go out for yeah. the call. Yeah. I think I could. With your
0: inhibitor, inhibitor chips. chips. she chips. Ha- <laughs> uh, yeah, she's got a
1: great accent.
2: It's awesome.
1: Sometimes I can't even understand what she's saying. It's great. Like,
0: like every time she says text, she says tick. Tick.
1: She <laughs> also said something I can't even, oh, I can't remember. Makes me want to
2: watch Flight of the Kong. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love that show so much. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love I love their performances. I love the he, show. He
2: did, yeah. But but what did he oh. do? He did what?
1: He's <laughs> <Amen>. did, <dead>, man. <laughs> oh, business socks. That's all I'll never. I'll always remember business socks, business time, business socks. Play the concert's great. <laughs> they could have made twenty seasons of that show, and I would have watched every single one. Yeah, got got me Ooh. through a lot of college, Holly. <laughs> But uh, who knows? You may see uh, you may see Luke and I doing a Fly of the Concords impersonation. Uh, uh, Luke on banjo, me on guitar. You never know, Holly.
0: You never know. A
1: bluegrass version of Fly of the Concords. Anything is possible. Minus the accents. I don't know. We could bring some accents in there. But Luke has a nice southern accent.
0: Southern accent?
1: Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out.
0: Can you picture Luke in like a straw hat with like Absolutely. some overalls on? Absolutely. Carrying yes. his banjo. Yes
2: absolutely i was i was born in texas See, That's true.
0: There, it is.
1: <laughs> there it is i absolutely forgot about that <laughs> so you're right he's already I the been there in a long time wow you can take the boy out of the south but you can't take the south out of the boy is that
0: what they say i don't know you could take the boy out of the south but he won't go back for a really long time yeah yep That's <laughs>
1: absolutely absolutely so yeah who knows guys you may have yourself a the new flight of the concords, but we'll think of a cool name. Don't know. What it is. <laughs> yeah. It's going to take me a bit, but yeah, guys, uh, bad batch, not disappointing A nice fun show. Maybe star Wars is doing better with our uh, female characters and, and less slaying of animals. Hopefully, um, nice changes there, but, uh, and Hey, a decent Darth Vader, you know, issue. We'll see what happens with that story as well. But, uh, Hey, it's new Star Wars material, and we're always going to be here for it. That's what we love to discuss here. You know, yeah, we'll speculate with the best of them, but we're not talking about leaks. We're we're actually talking about Star Wars material that's coming out, Star Wars content. So we love it. We're going to continue to consume it, and I hope you guys are here along for the ride. So uh, if you like what you heard, guys, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Whatever you can do to support the podcast. Give us a review on Apple. Um, whatever you can do to the support support the podcast, we appreciate that. You can check us out on Patreon. See if there's a tier right for you. Check us out on all social media. Join our Facebook group. We're doing a lot of fun things in there, a lot of fun conversation. Um, but, you know, if none of that, just continue to enjoy the podcast and enjoy Star Wars along with us. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, enjoy the Bad Batch uh, in the coming episodes and stay tuned for the next installment of Flying Casual. So take care of one another and may the Force be with you all.